Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello from the future. This is Brandon, the host and creator of Monster Eight the Pilot. You're getting this odd introduction due to the fact that Brandon used to have music on the podcast, and uh, that day finally came, and I'm starting to get episodes struck down. So I'm going through and getting all the music remo- removed. So you're getting this fun introduction to go over any time I had music playing at the beginning of the show. Um, if I'm not able to cut around it, like sometimes I talk over the music, so that's why this is here. Uh, yeah, so if there are references to songs or I seem to be talking about a song, I'm like, hey, I've got these three songs later. You know, look in the description of what they were. They will be cut out. I am working on it. It will take some time. Hopefully I don't get the ban while working on this stuff because a lot of these episodes are in the archives. And getting them out of the archives takes like 12 hours. But other than that, enjoy the show. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I kind of fucked up by not knowing... Uh, but not understanding what I was reading when saying that Spotify Anchor allowed music on the podcast. I misunderstood what that meant. Anyways, yeah, it sucks, but we all get through it together. Enjoy the episode. It's the best episode ever. This is, Whatever episode this is on, it's the best episode ever. So listen, like, share, subscribe, support, all the fun stuff. Thank you. Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to Monster Eight the Pilot, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is Sunday night, so we're going to go over three songs of the week. We're going to go over some TV shows, some sports nonsense, just some life in general bullshit. We're going to update the Lost Rewatch, because I said we were going to on Wednesday, and I forgot to do it. <laughs> got to the end. I think it's like as soon as I got done uh, doing the episode, I was like, oh shit, I forgot to talk about the Lost Rewatch. Because I did an epic one. I did like seven episodes in one day. I think it was seven. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. If it's your first time, welcome. If it's your second time, welcome back. Um, If it's your third time, I don't know. Thanks, thanks for the support, bro. Like, support, subscribe, share, whatever you want to do. I don't really care. Just don't hurt nobody. Um, I don't, I don't fucking know what that means. Um, yeah, if you like what you've heard, spread the good word. Let some people know. Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, some other ones. Who gives a shit? I'm not in a fucking mood. <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, uh, Anchor's also a sponsor of the episode, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, if you've if you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, Tell some people about it, man. Let the people know what's going on here. What's going on here? I don't know. We're figuring it out twice a week. Sundays and supposed to be Wednesdays. But the past two weeks has been Thursdays. I don't fucking know. We're figuring this shit out. Wednesday might be an odd day for me again to record. I might have to record Tuesday night or some shit. Oh my god, we're too far ahead of ourselves, man. Oh, jeez. You know, whatever. You know, hey, yes, right? No. <laughs> Still understand why that's a decal. I don't, I, it's like me and uh, my buddy, one of the guys that I work with, we talked about this. I was talking about how I, was, I went about it. And we both kind of agreed, like, you know, it's more about people who are just absolutely miserable in life who just got to make other people miserable too. You know, they just don't give a shit because their life has turned out real shitty. Because, you know, you don't see somebody who's fucking successful putting I eat ass in the back of a decal in their car. You don't see that anywhere. You know, there's not some fucking, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio looking motherfucker getting out of his car with that emblem in the back. You know, you got some dude who's probably goddamn shirtless, got a fucking rat tail coming down, a fucking really bad uh, charred up hat or some shit. 
You know, that's that's what you see. That's who you see getting out of that car and like, oh, look how funny I am. It's like, you know, it's the also the idea that it's it's funny because it's shocking. When it's like, no, you have to have layers to shock humor. There's, you know, you can't just say it and be like, oh, see, because I shocked you, it's funny. Nah. I remember this one dude uh, talking about, we t- I told him about this, where we talked about the whole shock value thing. He once told me this joke. He's like, what's, uh, uh, it doesn't matter really who he said it was, but I think he said it's Beyonce and Samuel Jackson have the same, um, same nickname. What is it? And it was the N word. And I was like, I, I just like, what the fuck's funny about that? What's funny? I'm not sitting there trying to say, oh, look at me. Look at me. I'm such a, I'm such a, I'm such a woke guy or whatever the fuck they do now. I don't give a shit. But at the same time, what was funny about that? He's like, oh man, it's just a joke. I'm just like. It's not a joke, though. That's the thing. It's not. There's literally no... It's like The whole setup is... The whole punchline is you got to say a word you're not supposed to say for no fucking reason. Like, I don't get it. That's not That's not a joke. It's just shock value bullshit. Like, fucking Jesus Christ, Don Imus had, like, more fucking cleverness in the bullshit he would say than what that fucking was. Yeah, uh, it was so stupid. And, like, we both agree, like, you know, that's what we feel like, because the guy who told me this, I don't think is racist at all. I don't. Like, he's just he's just a guy who's not, he doesn't know what the fuck funny is. He just thinks the shocking part is funny, which a lot of people do. Um, that's, like, the whole thing about nihilism and shit. Um... But yeah, then we were talking about like a lot of people who are like that, who you know, say bullshit like that. It's like uh, what's that fucking douchebag's name who sings the country songs and use the n word, but tries to say he's not racist all the time. He's an older guy. Don't remember who fucking carries his piece of shit. Uh, that's like the whole thing. They just shock you into thinking that they're fucking funny, and it's like that's not funny. It's just shocking. It's like oh man, wow, clever. It's a one trick fucking pony. I don't know. I'm wearing cool-ass sunglasses right now. If I had a video on right now, you'd be fucking blown away, bro. Um, yeah, but it's like we said, like, those people are just, you know, I don't know. It's just, they're miserable, so they're trying to make everybody else miserable. Their lives turned out like shit, and now they're trying to make everybody else kind of just like, uh, you know, it's bullshit, bro. You know, be go home and be miserable by yourself. Or start a podcast like me. That's where you could be miserable. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I am. I am in the mood. I am in the mood tonight. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let's just jump into this. time. Uh, I'm so happy to be talking about the sports talk tonight. You have no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> I am so in the mood. Oh, Jesus. Liverpool lost 3-2 to Arsenal today. Uh, seemed like a wonderfully officiated game. There's like, an obvious handball against Gabriel that was not called. His arms, like, fucking weirdly angled and everything blocks the ball coming in. No fucking penalty. And I haven't seen the exact... I've seen, like, just a small picture of the Thiago instance. Pictures don't tell everything, but it does not look like much of anything. And it was given as a fucking penalty. And that's where they got their winning goal. 3-2. Darwin scored. Bobby scored. Our back line is trash. Hopefully, Kanate comes back ready to go and is ready just to man up and just grab that back line by the scruff of its neck, look at Virgil and say, fuck you, I'm the leader now. Love Virgil, but Jesus, he's not been good. Um, Trent was bad again. Uh, oh my Jesus, he's letting like he's just he's uh, he's. Some people take like critics and use that as a fuel to the fire. You know what I mean? And t- to prove them all wrong, he's just like believing all of them or some shit. He's been awful this year, and they're just all over him about how bad he is defensively, and he's doing nothing to disprove the because he's actually really good defensively. Like, there's some idiots out there. He's a championship level. You're a fucking idiot, whoever the fuck you were. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. Now he's playing. He's 
God damn, he's awful. I mean, we like I, uh, I saw that we we beat Bournemouth nine nil, and Bournemouth is ahead of us in the table this year. That's absurd. We are so fucking bad right now. We need a complete overhaul of the whole squad. It's uh, it's uh, it's gotta be some interesting times. Um, I don't know, but I, I did see some idiots out there. Some of the people I follow, Liverpool fans. Is it time to start talking about maybe replacing Klopp? Get the fuck out of here, you idiots. Have one fucking blip in the road. Time to get rid of him. Get him out. Fuck off. I'll, I follow Klopp in the relegation. No fucking problem there, pals. Not a problem. I love a charismatic German. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know. We'll play Man City next week. Oh, my God. Oh. I have no idea how we get anything from that game. Zero idea how we get anything against Man City. Like, I still think Arsenal's top of the table. It's just, it's, nah, they're not going to do it. They're not going to even come close. Man City's not fucking, they've already won the league, and they're sitting second place, I guess. Like, nah, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Like, injuries are the only thing going to stop Man City from just rolling to this fucking title. Oh, jeez, it's it's disgusting how good they are. It really is. And that's what the problem is. That's what I've I've hated in the past few years. You know, you got to get off Twitter. That's the problem. Um, the fucking banter crowds out there, like all these, all the rival teams have been rooting for City to win the title over Liverpool for years. And it's like without Liverpool, it's a damn farmers league. It would have been what you know. The Scottish Premier League had been for ten years when fuck or nine straight years when Celtic won it or, you know, par- like fucking PSG wins it every goddamn year in France until Lié won it a couple years ago, um, you know, for however fucking long. Now Bayern Munich's won the fucking title in Germany or same thing in Italy. Juventus like won so many years in a row. Like that's what we've got now. And if it wasn't for Liverpool, it would have been a fucking boring ass procession year in and year out for like six years now. Like, we gave two of the greatest title races of all time, and then, you know, we won one. So, like, you know, we made them earn a couple of those. Like, other times, they didn't have to earn it. The year they put up 100 points, they won the league by 19 points. Like, yeah, it's just, like, it's absurd how fucking dumb people are. Now they're seeing, like, you know, Arsenal's the only team that's got a chance to keep with them, and they're still a young team. I don't think they're ready for it. I think once they get to fucking Man City, uh, they're going to realize there's a difference. And I know they're sitting there saying, like, oh, they said we beat anybody. Now we beat Liverpool. We're not good, pal. We're not good. <laughs> we're flat out bad right now. Like, yeah, we're at least we've won a couple Champions League games. And the loss to Napoli's not that bad, I guess, because Napoli's fucking rolling right now. They rolled Ajax the other day, like 5-0 away from home. It's crazy. I don't know. And then, uh, then uh, the crew came, came, through me, came through for me big today, did they not? Exactly what I thought would happen. Did I actually say that on the podcast the other day? I think I did. That, you know, they're going to get up like 1-0 and then fucking drop the game. They fucking did. All they had to do was get a draw. They go up 1-0. Eddie and uh, uh, big old uh, Derek Etienne scored the goal. But then he, I think he got hurt uh, because of the challenge that came in. It hurt his ankle, but then they switched. And then they gave up a goal about, you know, 10 minutes into the second half. And then uh, 80-something minutes, somebody gave away a fucking penalty. And uh, the game was, uh, yeah, they scored. And Orlando goes to the fucking playoffs and the club's uh, career going home. So, yeah, fucking Porter's got to go. It's that simple. Like, again, tw- that's 20. they dropped 24 points from winning positions this year. That's absurd. That's unreal. Like, 
<laughs> and like I said, like uh, Jr. was texting me. He texted me as soon as uh, Etienne scored, and he's like, "Let's go!" And I'm just kind of like, "I'm not fucking celebrating nothing till that final whistle." And sure enough, no reason to fucking celebrate. They gave the goddamn game away again. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an absolute joke, absolute joke. And the fact that like I knew not to celebrate because I knew we weren't going to win this game, we were going to fuck it all up is uh, kind of a sign of where the team's at and how much it's got to change. So, yeah, that's like, I have liked Porter. Thank you so much for, you know, bringing fucking title to Columbus. It was awesome to sit there and watch that happen. Um, I think it happened right around the corner from my... Cause, was I here? No, I was here in the... Uh, I was here in this apartment. My old apartment was really close to Map Free or the historic crew stadium or whatever the fuck they want to call it now. Um, yeah, so it's just like... Yeah, thanks for that, but at the same time, like... You've underachieved massively for two years now. Massively underachieved. Um, and I don't know. I'm not sure where they go coaching-wise. For all I know, Porter will be right there at the beginning of the next season. I don't think so, but it really shouldn't be. But, you know, you never know. Haslam's an idiot, so you don't you don't know what the fuck they're going to do. You know, they sold the, their out-and-out recognized striker early in the year to wait three months to get Cucho. You know what I mean? So it's not like we got an intelligent owner here. Haslam also, you know, put the farm on uh, fucking Deshaun Watson, knowing that he's probably not going to play for, tw- you know, he may not even play the whole fucking year. You didn't know when you traded for him and gave him, what, 200 whatever goddamn million dollars guaranteed after the shit he pulled. Like, <laughs> like uh, I don't know. Haslam's not a smart guy. So who knows, but at the same time, maybe uh, Burhalter and the U.S. national team part ways, if that's the case, that'd be my number one, is uh, Craig Burhalter coming right back, or Greg Burhalter coming right back to Columbus to lead the team back to glory. Because he did so much with shoestrings, you know, with not a whole lot of, you know, with less talent, less money. So I think he could do a great job now with this team, but who knows, who knows. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not that into, like, the like uh, coaching... Um, the depth of coaching or whatever in the United States or whoever, like who would be a good candidate, what would be good, what's, what's obtainable, what's not obtainable and stuff like that. And uh, at least for like the MLS. So I don't know, like uh Burhalter springs to mind if they don't have a great world cup run. Um, you could see him stepping down or maybe moving on. You don't know. I like Burhalter a lot. I really hope he, I really hope he does something. I really hope at least they beat fucking England. That's all I want. I want them to take down those fucking limey bastards in the World Cup. I, that's all I want. I don't care if we lose 5 0 to the other two games in the most embarrassing. They get put up, I don't give a shit. Just beat the fucking limeys. Just do it. Do it. Show them up. Fuck that Gareth Southgate. I hate that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting really inside baseball here. We are deep, aren't we? Oh, I'm, god damn. Ruined my fucking night again. Again, my night's been ruined by the crew. So thank you for that. I'm so happy. Uh, good news, though. We do have some... Let's go with meddling news. Portsmouth got another point. They drew with, I believe it was Fleetwood. Fleetwood? I can't remember. I think it was Fleetwood. Uh, but it was 1-1. One, one. That's drop points, you know. When you're top of the table, that's drop points. That's not a point gain. That's a drop point. Um, especially with, like, Ipswich has played so well so far this season. I want to get that. I want, I want to go up as champs, bro. I want to go up as champs. Me and the boys. Uh, I can't remember who scored the goal. I forgot. Damn it. Was it Scarlet? I don't think it was Scarlet. Um, but good news. Preston North End won again. Bam. Beat Norwich. 3-2. We, like, doubled our fucking goal tally for the whole season in one game. Two from Emil Reese and one from um, 
is it Troy Parrott? Yeah, I believe it was Troy Parrott scored in the 80th minute to get the winner. They had a goal. Uh, Norwich had a goal knocked out at the end of the game to uh, seal the victory for the old Lily Whites. Fuck yeah, there he goes. Climb that table, get that, uh, get the offense flowing, hopefully. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm beating Norwich. That's a good win. That's a good win. Norwich is always the yo-yo team. They're a team that's always going up the gum right back down and, you know, all that fun shit. Oh, shit. And then I watched a little bit of the uh, Indians, Mar- not Indians, Mariners, Indians uh, fucking Rays series because they went to, like, 15 innings, 0-0. I'm like, oh man, you know, sometimes zero zero games are the most boring thing in the world, and sometimes they're most thrilling games in the world. I thought this was thrilling. It was not. It was forty fucking strikeouts, and then one guy just hit a fucking bomb, and it was the game over. Uh, I feel bad for Corey Kluber. He threw a fucking strike, and then has to get one over to try to get back in the account, and the guy just launches it a fucking mile. <laughs> game over. Season over. Uh, I didn't realize they. I forgot they had changed the wild card round. I'm. God. Eh. I kind of hope both number one seeds get blown away because they had to take so much time off. Because I'm not even sure when they start. Like, it's, 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 yeah. That's, as soon as they did, I'm like, that's not how baseball works, you idiots. Baseball is all about live, like, live rounds. Like, the, like, the more you're playing, the longer you take the break, the harder it is to get back going. You know what I mean? So if they gave, like, that number one seed a week off, like, I would put my money on whoever fucking plays them. No problems to beat them. No problems. Like, yeah, because they're going to be fresh. They're going to be, like, more in the zone, they're not going to have to like kind of get the little bit of rust because, like, it's, I was talking last week, hitting a fucking baseball is really goddamn hard, um, especially when they're throwing it that hard and or that much spin or who fucking cares, whatever. I don't know, man. Who cares? I don't even know who's fucking in the playoffs. Apparently, the Phillies won. Good for them, I guess. Who gives a shit? Uh, Browns lost. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I don't care at all. Their defense is stupidly bad. They got like a 14 0 lead and immediately just like, yeah, we forgot how defense works. It's absurd. Like, their defense on third down and, like, defense fourth quarter is just, like... It, that's the thing. Like, you look at the talent and you're like, this is a really good defense. And then you watch them play and you're like, wow, this is not a good defense. It's a... Whatever. Piano. <laughs> I am so fucking in the mood. Oh, Jesus. That should be the end of the sports talk. I don't know if I want to talk about it anymore. I am so pissy. Oh, I don't think I mentioned the open song tonight, did I? Slobberbone. Placemat Blues. Slobberbone, placemat blues. There we go. Jeez. Struggling. <sighs> Whatever, man. God damn it. It's just such bullshit, dude. Such bullshit. God damn. Whatever. Philadelphia, L.A. should be the team's fighting for the MLS title, I believe. I don't fucking care. Who fucking knows? I blame JR. <laughs> oh, shit. So, what else is going on in the world of Brandon? I guess I have... Let's let's get to the Lost Rewatch. I watched, uh... Let's see. Let's do the episodes, because I'm so cool. Everybody loves Hugo, or everybody hates Hugo. And found other 40... Or, collision... Yeah, collision... No. Everybody loves... Everybody hates Hugo. And found. Abandoned. Other 48 days. Collision. <laughs> what Kate did... What Kate did, 23rd Psalm, and The Hunting Party. I did eight episodes the other day. I forgot to talk about them. Great stuff. Some really good stuff in there. Everybody loves Hugo's a fine episode. DJ Qual shows up. It's kind of odd. Um, they kind of dropped that. I think they have a throwaway line in, that next, in Trisha Tanaka? Or maybe in Dave. 
where they just kind of explain away the stuff they set up in that episode a little bit with DJ Qualls and uh, the chick from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I forgot her name. Um, yeah, they set them up. The Hold Steady reference is really cool. They're playing the, uh, I can't remember what venue they were playing in L.A., yeah, but it's really cool. It's like the whole steady's playing. I'm like, yeah, because I didn't. I always forgot about that until the last time I tried to rewatch Lost a couple years ago. Um, I really make that reference. I'm like, oh shit, they made a whole steady reference. That's pretty fucking dope, bro. And then, um, and found's a decent little episode. Uh, what is that? Is that the episode where Sun loses her ring? I think it is. It's a decent little episode. Uh, all about how they met. It's nice. I like Sun and Jin. Good stuff. Um, Abandon. I liked Abandon a lot. You know? It's all about Shannon wanting to be not useless. And then her dying at the end. <laughs> because she had become kind of a useless, pointless character at that point. Because they didn't have the room for her, really. Um, then you jump into the other 48 days, which is a really cool episode. Just like, you know, telling the, the tail section survivors for the 48, the 48 days they were missing. Or the 48 days they were, like, uh, separated. Um, it was really cool. It was awesome ending there with... Or no, no, it's not there. It's in the next episode. But, you know, just how it builds up. I love the Goodwin thing. I love the Goodwin character. I wish... He kind of wish he didn't have to die, but he has to at the same time. It's pretty cool. Especially when you see Goodwin, I think, in the episode before with um, Echo and Jen finding the body. And he's like, that's Goodwin. And, yeah. Like, you know, the next episode you see how Goodwin ended up there. You have the fucking pit. You have the dude from Ed or... Elliot Reed's boyfriend from Scrubs. I forget his name. His name's Nathan in Lost. Oh, then we go into Abandon, which is about Saeed. And then you have the nice little reunion of all the tail section survivors and stuff like that. And you get the Rose and uh, Bernard meeting up. Oh, hell yeah, it was awesome. Good for Bernard. Good for Rose, too. She never lost faith. Um, then what I think is what Kate did... Not meh, meh. I don't know. The Kate's backstory is kind of a little much sometimes. Like, I I have a problem with like in shows where they have, where like somebody does something you know is kind of a little bit justified or whatever, and but for some reason like law enforcement is all out to catch this person. Like, do you really think that? They're going to be sending FBI or whatever agents overseas to catch this woman for killing a fucking the abusive husband of her mother. Do you really think we're going to do that? No. They're going to say, the guy kind of fucking had it coming. You know, if we get her, we get her. If we don't, we don't. You know what I mean? I think that's how a lot of the place, like, world works. But yeah, they're like all out. I'm like, we're spending like millions of dollars to catch this kind of who gives a shit criminal? I don't get it. But whatever, you know, they do it. And what Kate did was okay. Weakest of the season so far, but I'm I'm almost the fire and water, which is without a doubt the weakest of the season. Maybe a drift might be a little bit on the same. It might be on the same with what Kate did. Twenty um, third Psalm's awesome. It's an awesome episode. The burnt, like you know, the that nice little uh, the what's the word? The tension between Echo and Charlie and Charlie just being such a fucking junkie without being a junkie at that point. You know, he's not on drugs or anything like that, but he's just like, you know, he's come up with all these excuses and you can't judge me and all this other shit that, you know, I've heard all his hiring from fucking junkies. <laughs> yeah. 
and then you know they have the whole you know they read the 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 shadow in the valley of the death prayer and whatever the verse at the end when they're burning the plane you get more into the mystery of the island about how you know echo's brother randomly also found the island or you know his the plane that he had died on crashed onto the island so you're starting to get into those weird like coincidences a little bit more and more it's pretty cool um yeah, like, uh, I forgot to mention, like, because an abandoned Shannon's dad dies in the same accident that uh, Sarah, Jack's future ex-wife, was in. That's the same accident. It's pretty fucking, you know, there's a lot of coincidences, a lot of fun stuff there. A lot of connections. Um, they want the 23rd Psalms hunting party, which is cool. You get the MC Ganey was so perfect for the role they had him play in those early seasons as, like, the voice of the others. Because um, he's got a great voice. He's got a great look. He's just, He's got that menacing tone in his voice. It's pretty cool. They have their meeting. You know, this is our island. Oh, it's good. Then you had the ending of, uh, how long do you think it would take to build an army? That's what he says to Anna Lucia. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Really good stretch of sh- episodes again. Season two is really good. Like I said, there's a couple weak episodes here or there. A little bit weaker. Like I said, season one, there's like one episode I don't really care for that much. That's it. One episode. That's pretty fucking incredible for 24 episodes or whatever they did. Um, a little more here. Like I said, there's two adrift and what Kate did. Meh. And like I said, Fire and Water is going to be really bad. That's the next episode I got to get through. But then I think we launched into the long con, which I really like. You get more into Sawyer's shit. Um, we're not too far from Henry Gale. So that's going to be fun. Fun to see that Michael Emerson show up. It's going to be good times. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that tonight or maybe I'll still do that. I still haven't watched the newest episode of Rings of Power. I haven't made the time for it. Maybe I'll make it a little bit later. Uh, but other than that, I have been watching The Midnight Club on Netflix. Pretty good stuff from Mr. Mike Flanagan. Shock, shock. The guy makes great stuff and he made another good piece. Um, all about some terminally ill kids in this, uh, hospice. I thought it was going to be a little bit more like, are you afraid of the dark? Because I watched a few episodes of that. I'm like, what are this, what Midnight Club's going to be? This, like, these, you know, these sick kids just kind of getting together and telling ghost stories. That's, that'd be a fun little anthology of our show. You just tell a little self-contained stories. You can keep that going for as long as you want. But no, there's a little bit more of an overarching narrative, which is pretty good. I'm getting towards the end. I think I just finished episode seven. I think. Maybe eight. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, Raul Cooley showed up last night. That's good. I always like seeing him and stuff. Good guy. Good Liverpool fan. Funny guy. Good actor. You know, he was Owen in uh, Bly Manor. He was the sheriff in Midnight Mass. He was uh, the, I think he was the nerdy type of coroner guy in iZombie, which I never watched enough of to know that. I watched a few episodes. It seemed fun. Seemed like a fun CW show. Um... Yeah, and I've interacted with him on Twitter. No big deal. I mean, I'm not saying these sunglasses have made me cool because I interacted with him before I had these sunglasses. So who gives a shit, right? Man, I'm pretty fucking cool. <laughs> oh, shit. I got to make myself laugh because I'm still so goddamn mad about fucking sports. I should never get that mad about sports, but sometimes it does, man. Like I said, Liverpool still can ruin my weekend. And just the crew just being that fucking predictable is the problem. Uh, goddamn. What else am I watching? I wrote everything down, but I think my phone died. Yeah, but I, also, I was watching Are You Afraid of the Dark, and it was funny. Like, I was, uh, was trying to figure out who this one guy was, and then I realized one of the guys we were looking at was, uh, it was Finch from American Pie when he was, like, 11. And I was like, holy shit, that is him. And then the next episode had, like, Nev Campbell in it. I was like, what? Oh, shit. Crazy stuff there, man. Nev Campbell from Scream. 
uh, Wild Things for all my teenage friends out there who saw that movie late at night on Skinam or wouldn't be Skinamax yet, it'd have been Cinemax, Wild Things, her and Denise Richards. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, teenage years. Oh man. Wild stuff. Wild things. That movie's so bad. I think I watched it like three years ago. It's a horrible movie. Like it's so bad. <laughs> like it's just like there's like three twists too many. Like, you know, there's, like, every once in a while you get that one movie, like, you get, like, a really good movie, and you get to the end, there's, like, a, there's like a twist, they have, like, another twist at the end. Sometimes it works, and sometimes, like, ah, oh, I didn't need that second one. This one has, like, three extra twists, and you're, like, it didn't even need the first fucking twist in this movie. <laughs> so you got, like, four. Oh, it's just, it, it was not good at all. It was so bad. It was, like, Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon. Uh, Nev Campbell, uh, Denise Richards. I think there's a couple other like people. I was like, oh shit, they're in this movie. Good for them. Oh man, Denise Richards, Bond woman. I wonder how like odd that was for her. Like, cause like people hated that Bond movie because she was a scientist, and they just like she's way too unbelievable as a scientist. Like, judgment. That's like pretty judgy. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, you're too, like, it was like, you're way too attractive to be a scientist, or you look too ditzy to be a scientist. I'm not sure what way that was going, whether that's how they went, but I wonder how that made her feel. That gotta suck. But you know what? She was successful. She had a good career. Uh, So good for her. You know what I mean? Whatever. Whatever, bro. Who cares, bro? Oh, shit. Let me grab my phone. I swear I have, like, four more things to talk about. I should be better prepared, right? I should be, but I'm not. Ah, fuck. There it is. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jake came up the other day. We hung out in the music room. He was... He's digging the changes. I hadn't had the LED lights up yet, which I do now. And whole oh shit. Govi lights. If you you want to do some LED lights, you know, easy ones to install. Govi's great. I had just enough. I got like a hundred foot strand. Uh, I changed the ones out because I said like the lights were all starting to fuck up. I got those changed out. And the updates they have to it now, I can like change certain strands colors. Because that was like my complaint with the other strands. It's like, you know, they all had to be set to like one color or something like that. I couldn't like change them unless I put like a strobe type effect on now I can I can make the ones behind the TV a little bit darker or you know whatever man it's, it's just options people love options man they love it you know I don't know but yeah we we're sitting here we watched a couple episodes are you afraid of the dark and uh which I've already talked about I loved are you afraid of the dark man it's pretty good shit like you know the acting is horrible because it's just like you know kids and it's just like very inconsistent and like people you know I don't know, but there was a couple, there was one moment where this guy got turned into a statue, and after he got turned into a statue, he was wearing a hat, he was like a regular guy in a suit, and then he got turned into a statue, and then the statue, he was wearing a hat, and I'm like, so did he get a free hat out of that whole, I think that's what Jake said, he's like, hey man, let's win for him, he got a free hat, you know, good for that guy, but at the same time, like, when you're, ex- you're thinking, it's probably like 1992 episode, maybe 93, you're expecting the CGI to be absolutely horrific, was not that bad. It was actually like pretty decent CGI for what you're expecting. So I don't know, man. Whatever. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, me and Jake were sitting here. We watched uh, season three of Love 
Death and Robots? Yeah. I've enjoyed that. It's like this it's like this little concept show where uh, all these studios make their own little short like 10 to 20 minute um episodes and they have their own visual styles, their own animation and stuff like that and usually talk it's kind of like in a way like basically black mirror shorts in a way but more based on like robots and shit. Uh and it's it was it's pretty neat. Season 3 was definitely the weakest. I, I mean, there was a few episodes in there where like, eh, who gets the shit? Um, there's one really cool one, which we didn't watch. I'd watched it already. I forgot I'd watched it where, like, um, like this monstrous crab thing is on this boat and trying to get him to take him to this island so it can basically eat everybody. And, like, it's killing... And they have to, like, f- keep feeding it, like, crew members. It's a really cool episode. Very gruesome, but whatever. It was a good episode. And I don't know. That was, that's a really cool show. I like the concept of it. There's quite a... There's, like... It's a very Hills and Valley show. Like, I... There's only a few episodes that I ever think are like, eh, that's fine. There's some that are just like, this is not good, or this is really good. There's, like, one episode in, like, I think, season one, where Soviet uh, troops are, like, going in these catacombs, or, like, rid these monsters or whatever, and they have to, like, make this big final stand against them. It's pretty fucking dope. I'm like, I'd watch a big-time movie out of this. A big production, I'd watch the shit out of this movie. Uh, there's one where um, people in the future basically do that cool little, uh, thing that, uh, like, uh, crazy people think happen, where they kill children or whatever and drink their blood or whatever, they harvest them so they can stay young forever. <laughs> they have that. They have an episode like that. But then the guy's starting, because he's, like, the guy who comes in and takes out the children. Like, he gets, you know, he, he rids the world of the children, so, he, to do that. And he's starting to question himself, and it's a pretty neat little conundrum episode. Um, and then, yeah, it's in season three. They had, like, an episode at the very end. It was, like, this... Kind of, um, I didn't, I almost said Himalayan, like a kind of Indian type of vibe, like, or cultural thing, and I don't think it was animated. I think it just, like, basically tuned up a lot of the vibrance and the colors and stuff like that, and if that's the case, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I didn't care for it, apparently, but it was one of the better rated episodes, I'm like, I didn't care for this episode at all. I don't know, whatever, bro, still some good stuff in there, um, then there was that one episode, Beyond the Beyond the Something Rift. It was based off a short story, I think, or a book. And it was dope. This guy like basically meets uh he's um he's in a space station or he's in like a spaceship and they fall asleep and he wakes up and everything's kinda chaotic and there's this woman there to like help him. He's like, Oh, you know, you made it out here or something like they saved you. I, I can't remember what the fuck happens anymore. I haven't watched it forever. Um, but at the end, you find out the whole thing is like this simulation created by like this deep alien species. And he's been like adrift for thousands of years. And like, oh, dude, it was a cool twist. It was awesome. I'd watch the shit out of that movie. I'd watch that movie in a heartbeat. Oh, man. Uh, is there anything else I wanted to talk about? I don't know, man. I might just try to jump into the songs of the week. I am such pissy mood. I really did rant there for a while. Uh, but no, I'll continue the... I, I need to watch the new episode of Rings of Power. I need to watch... I need to get caught up on uh, Hot D, but I'm not sure when that... I might just wait for the season to be over to kind of just binge it all in. Uh, the Hot D. I'm still. I'm also trying to help Jake get that started. So if you want to talk about House of the Dragon, you better come to me with the Hot D. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Where are we? Yeah, I'll get the Lost rewatch. I got. I think I'm going. I gotta go to Portsmouth this uh, Wednesday. I'm not sure if I'll be down Thursday or not. I might go hang out with Jake on Thursday as well. We're taking turns. I basically he comes up here, then I go down there. 
who knows, man? You never know. I get to wear my cool sunglasses everywhere I go, though. Oh, shit. So let's jump into these songs of the week. So the other day when I was talking about uh, Nebraska, Mansion on the Hill came on. And um, it made me think, uh, let's do it, loved it. And then for some reason, the Nationals version came on, which is a really great version. It's a live version, if I'm thinking correctly. And I was like, oh, shit. And I forgot that's on a split with the first song of the week, Apartment Story, which is one of my first favorite National songs. I haven't listened to it forever. I haven't listened to the National in a long time. It's been probably a few years. Um, it's off Boxer, right? Yeah, song number seven off Boxer. I love the National. Great tone, great vibes. They, you know, they they were very mature when they finally hit it big, and you can hear that in their music. It's pretty cool. They've been kind of, you know... Messing around, they're still doing their shit. Good for them. What they, uh, Columbus boys or they're Ohio boys at least. I can't remember where they're from in Ohio. I could look it up, but who gives a shit? Uh, but good times. Like I went saw them live a couple years ago. It was a pretty good show. I'm happy about that. But this is apartment story off of Boxer 2007. Yeah, it's like um, I was familiar with the National after this. So it was probably like when I was getting into the Gasoline Anthem, I remember uh, there was there's a show on YouTube. I can't remember. I think it might be Lollapalooza in Chicago. Uh, Brian says, make sure you listen to The National or something like that. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check out The National. I'm so influenced. Um, and I did, and that was probably right around the time High Violet was out, which had Blood Buzz Ohio, which was great. And then a couple years after that, what was it? I am I Am Hard to Find? Yeah, I Am Hard to Find came out. And that had uh, I Need My Girl, which was a great fucking track, too. And then um, it was a couple years later that I'm like, you know, I really need to get into the National, and I fucking finally did. I think there was one day, um, me and Celia were riding around, this song came on. I was like, oh, shit. This is Game Changer, Apartment Story by the National. I love, like, the little, little sense there. They're, they're sonically really cool. And, like, Berninger is so dope as a songwriter. Like, I talk a lot about picture painting and stuff like that, or, you know, um, by artists. His is not so much like, it's like an oil painting. I don't know. It's just that much more vibrant. So different. I don't, it's just, I don't know. Like, you know, some things don't make sense. There's just, it's more poetic in nature. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't know anything, but it's just such a great song. That stay inside till somebody finds us, do whatever the TV tells us stuff. That's good shit. I fucking love the national. Um, I'm not sure. They just did some stuff, or at least the guitarist, Aaron. Aaron? I forget his last name. He helped produce the last two uh, Taylor Swift records, which are my favorite T-Swift records. I mean, no big fucking deal. T-Swift is the bomb, yo. I mean, she can do whatever she wants with her fucking private jets. I don't care. If you write, you know, what what I say? Um, What's it? If you write all too well, you can kill the planet all you fucking want. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I do love some T-Swift. How many records do I have of her? I think I have like three records of hers, if I'm thinking correctly. Good good, good stuff, you know. I used to be that cool guy, T-Swift sucks, bro. And it's like, oh man, she's trash. And it's like, nah, she's actually legitimately pretty fucking good. Legit. Legitimately. Now some of her stuff, especially early shit, like the more country stuff, a little bit too poppy. Some of it's a little bit too poppy for me. But some of it is just poppy enough to be pretty fucking cool. Like, I love Shake It Off. It's a good song. Whatever. What am I talking about now? <laughs> uh, song number one of the week was Apartment Story from the National off Boxer, which is 2007. Check it out. I've got it here somewhere. Um, 
I need to finish up. I need to get Cherry Tree. I don't have Cherry. That's like the one national record I don't have. It's weird that I don't have that one. Um, yeah, so good song. Good job, Brandon. Good, nice pick. I think it's a wonderful pick, Brandon. Good fucking job. I was gonna pick uh, uh, Down Rodeo by Rage Against the Machine, but then I decided not to because this song popped on, and already one song was already chosen for the week because I talked about it on Wednesday, the Rolling Stones song, which we'll get to. Uh, no, I was going to do Down Rodeo by Rage Against the Machine. I was watching this video about Tim Comerford's, like, bass lines, like, the 10 best or whatever, and I fucking love Tim Comerford. Like, it, it's it's pretty fucking wonderful how great his bass lines are, and they're not that hard. Like, he's who I modeled myself off of as a bassist. Like, I couldn't write like him or come up with some cool sounds and shit like that like he could. But I could play multiple Rage songs, and I'm not that good. It's just... The thought process, and also just the unselfishness that Comfort's what's cool about Rage. Because he does he does that, so fucking uh, Morello can go crazy. But man, Down Rodeo is dope. Like, fucking, De La Roca doesn't get the respect. I know I'm going like on this weird Rage Against the Machine tangent when they're not one of the songs of the week, but you know what? It's my goddamn podcast. If you don't like it, I mean, you can keep listening if you want. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that De La Roca does not get the respect he really deserves as a lyricist. Like, his stuff's really good. Like, you know, people talk sonically. Sonically, they are, like, just otherworldly. But, like, lyrically, they're insanely good, too. You know, rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun, people ain't seen a brown-skinned man since their grandparents bought one? Holy shit! That is coming hard. That is punching you in the fucking face and then repeatedly punching you in the face. That whole song is dope. Uh, especially the bass work. Such a good bass night. He plays that little thing on the uh, the pentaton... Uh, whatever. Nerds. Um, yeah, I always said, though, one of my favorite things about Rage is that uh, it was like Morello was saying, I think Comerford and Brad Wilk, the drummer, would play behind the beat. And then uh, Morello said he would play in front of the beat. And that's why they sound like they did. I don't know what any of that means. But I know it sounds incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, this uh, Down Rodeo got jumped, um, or got bumped today because I was uh, I was listening to the National on the way to work and stuff like that. Because I've been listening to the National since uh, Apartment Story came on the other day. I've been listening to a lot of their stuff, and um, it was like at the end of a playlist or whatever, so it jumped into radio mode. And it popped on a song I haven't listened to in years. And it used to be one of, if not my favorite songs of all time. It used to be way up there, like a top tenner. And I haven't listened to it for a while, and it came on. And just like the guitar took me back to like 2010 or something like that, that time. And uh, the nostalgia kind of washed over me of like thinking about hanging out with my boys back in the day, back in the day at the Big Fars, and, um, or just out in the town doing the cool shit we used to do. And me, like, you know, uh, blue jeans and white t-shirts? I mean, shit, it's the name of the song. It's Gaslight Anthem, Blue Jeans and White T-Shirts off Senor and the Queen, the EP from 2008. little four-song thing. I've got that here somewhere. It's up there somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, it's a great song. I said the guitar just took me back immediately. I was like, oh, shit. And it's got some of my favorite Brian lines in there. And I like uh, I like the little subtle guitar work from uh, Alex, Alex R. Rosamilia. And like yeah, it's just oh, it's good. It's just like it's nice little like little somber, not so much somber. It's definitely a reflective mood song. It's great. This is uh, Blue Jeans and White T-shirts by the Gaslight Anthem. Mmm, sleep on the beach all night, man. I know exactly that feeling, man. That whole like uh, you stay up all night, you kind of you know, up until the early hours of the morning. It's just like you know, you had yourself a good time. 
great time, wonderful time, and, uh, you know, I don't know, but that fucking, mm, called every girl I ever met Maria, but only love Virginia's heart, yeah, <laughs> god damn, cause old brain, old brain has met a quite, he's, he's met only like one or two potential Virginias in his life, and, uh, yeah, every other one was Maria, without a doubt, <laughs> I don't have actually that much to say. I know I kind of said I was going to have a lot to say. But yeah, that's just, I, I, I don't know, the whole line there of just like what it means is just like, you know, there's only, like, you know, you're holding the flame for one, you know, even though she's the one that got away or something like that. Like, I said, I just love the nostalgic feel of that whole song that, you know, sing with our heroes 33 rounds per minute and never going home till the sun says we're finished. And I'll love you forever. Like, I'll love you forever if I ever loved it all. Yeah, that goes out to a lot of my boys out there. A lot of the boys. A lot of the girls, too. You know? That's what the, my friend Maddie sent me. He's a couple old Snapchats from way back in the pub days. I had great hair back then. Wonderful hair. Don't have as much of it anymore. It's sad. I used, Man, it was it was good. It was good. I forgot how good it used to be. You know, you know. You don't know how good you got it till it's gone, I guess. <laughs> oh, shit. God, I love that song so fucking much. I forgot how much I love that song. That's what that's the best part is that, you know, you forget how certain songs, you know, they get scratched into your soul and they become just a part of you. And that's one of them. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how long I go without listening to that song. When I hear it, I know I know the exact moment of like listening to it for like the first time or really understanding it for the first time. You know? Oh man. Certain songs get scratched into your souls. God, I love Kirk Finn. What a fucking rhyme. Um Yeah, just uh, I buy that house on Cookman. Oof. God, Brian wrote some great stuff. Still writes some great stuff too. His solo records are pretty good. I don't think they ever quite get to Fifty Nine Sound or American Slang or Elsie by the Horrible Crows. That's a great fucking record. That record's gonna be all over the uh, the, the winter playlist because that's a perfect re- record for winter. I think I talked about this. Like, there's certain records that are perfect times and stuff like that and he, oh, and also in this fucking song blue jeans white t-shirts he drops that heart of a saturday night you know being 19 20 year old brandon whenever i listened to this song for the first time i had no idea what that meant that's a great tom waits little you know that's a tom waits reference right there you know i talked about how much tom waits is the dopest man who's ever lived dude <laughs> oh i don't know but great song 2008 uh senior and the queen the ep from the gaslight anthem it's four songs it's a great little ep Senior and the Queen, Where Art Thou, Elvis, Say I Won't Recognize, and uh, Blue Jeans and White T-Shirts. What a great little EP that is. Oh, man. Anyways, let's move on to the third and final song of the week. I talked about this the other day. I started launching into it, but then I realized, you know, let's hold up. Let's hold up. Like I used to say, I used to not give a shit about the Rolling Stones. Didn't care when I was like 15, 16, 17. Did not give a shit. But there was one song I would hear, and I'm like, this song is incredible. And I had no idea who it was. I just didn't know who, like, played it, you know, never caught, you know, because back then we didn't have fucking Shazam. We didn't have things, you know what I mean? You had to, like, listen to the lyrics and type them in, and you might get lucky and find the song. Because um, you couldn't just have a fucking app or just say, who is this? And it fucking tells you, or whatever, you know what I mean? And, yeah, so, like, I would hear the song once every while, and I'm like, this song is so fucking great. Who is this? And I finally found out who it was, and it was the Rolling Stones. And it completely changed my entire view on not just like of not just the songs, maybe just the world in general. That's how much I love this next song. It's "Give Me Shelter." 
like holy shit give me shelter was the song like it was like it was like probably a little bit while before i'm like you know what yeah i hate the rolling stones but give me shelter is a great song it's like how i feel about the doors now like you know light my fire is a great song i fucking hate the doors hate, the doors suck like I, I don't care if you like them i don't care they suck um i'll never own one of the records i'll never think jim morrison's worth anything so i don't give a shit um, but the Stones were a different thing. I was like, hey, you know, I don't care about the Stones, but Gimme Shelter is an incredible song. And then, like I said, man, you know, eventually certain things happen. You're just like, the Stones are pretty fucking wonderful. And then, yeah, so this is, which one's Gimme Shelter off of? Let's line it up, man. Like everything about this song. And then the legend around this song, too. Uh, shit. It's off Let It Bleed. That's right, 1969. Then the legend around the song, like them getting the, uh, oh, damn it. What's her name? Her name deserves to be mentioned. Oh, come on. What's her name? Does it say there? Ah, oh, my sunglasses are caught. There we go. Oh, come on. Is it Mercy Clayton? Yeah, it's it, or not Mercy, Mary Clayton. Mary Clayton comes in like uh, she's like pregnant, and they call her up at like midnight or like one o'clock in the morning and say, "Hey, we need you to come down and record this." Because you know the Stones at sixty nine, they're fucked up on something. They are fucking ready. They are hyped. You know what I mean? They're hyped on certain uh, what is it? Uh, nose clams that you line up into a little line and you snore them with some sort of straw. If you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> nose clams that come from the sea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, she comes in, and then, oh, for me, the greatest moment of music history happens in this song, and I wonder if you can hear it enough on the recording here. Um, I think most people kind of know exactly what point I'm talking about, but me, it's the point right after that. It's the best moment of music history. Um, but this is Gimme Shelter, opening song from Let It Bleed 2. What a great fucking record. Great run the songs were on at that point. But this is Gimme Shelter. I love the oh, baby. Man. It's like I said, it's a life-changing song, really. Like, like I said, I used to, like I said, I never cared about the Stones. I never thought they were that good. Like you know, I'm not sure what songs I'd really heard by them, or at least knew that I'd been hearing by them. But I, maybe I'd made a decision. I just didn't care because I was so cool, bro. But no, then like I said, I'd hear this every once in a while, like uh, in shop class or just on the radio. Nine, no, one oh seven five, the breeze. Um, and just be like, what is this? And then I finally find out who it was. I'm like, this is the Stones, huh? And then eventually it made me reassess my entire belief about the Stones. And now the Stones are like number two behind Bruce. God, man. that in like, the moment, like I said, the moment that I think is the greatest moment in music history is when Mary Clayton's voice breaks there in the uh, in the bridge. And then she does the third rape and murder. It's just a shot away. Like, like her voice cracks. And it's, oh, it's awesome. But then it's the subtle. I'm not sure if you could hear it. I could barely hear it in my headphones. You hear uh, Mick Jagger in the background just go, woo! Because like, like, he's completely blown away in the studio of her doing that. And uh, like, for me, that's the greatest moment in music history. Like It's just all around it how great this song is. Um, how That and then like the fact that like, she's like, I can't remember how pregnant she was. I think she had a miscarriage due to this song, which is fucked up. But Jesus Christ, man. Like... Whew. 
it's it's fucking it's fucking intense. That's such a great song, you know. And like I said, I I do like the ending, you know, like the whole war children. It's just a shot away. Then at the end, you know, love sister. It's just a kiss away, man. You know, it's that simple. Sometimes you know you just gotta make the right decisions there, man. It's is it worth the fucking rape and murder and all that shit to go to war? Never. It never fucking is. And we got all these stupid douchebags out there who want to fucking go to war all the goddamn time because they listen to too much fucking shitty ass metal bands who think oh, war is the answer, bro. Fuck off. Fuck off off the planet. You know. Hopefully your time has passed, but you never fucking know anymore. Oh, God, I fucking love this song. The storm is threatening my very life today. I guess it came also big back in the prominence with Hurricane Katrina. Uh, but, you know, Jesus Christ, this song is so fucking incredible. Just incredible. Like, it's one of those, like, you take a minute after listening to it. I'm not sure how they could open the record with song. I understand how it sounds, like it's a great opening track. But how do you jump into anything else after that? Holy shit. Because I want to take a few minutes and just kind of digest what I just heard. But me, one of the greatest songs ever written, without a doubt, like a top fiver for me. Um, without a doubt, maybe top three, top two, it's up there, Born to Run, with just greatest songs ever touched, ever recorded, ever put down, man, ever laid, they laid it down right there, bro. Ugh. Yeah, but other than that, I think that's the end of, for me tonight. Thank you so much for listening, thank you so much for understanding, we had a whole goddamn hour, good for me. Shit, I did not think that was going to happen, so much sports talk, I guess. So that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for understanding. If you like what you heard, spread the good word. Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Anchor, Anchor, the sponsor. Thank you. Um, if you have questions, let me know. If you have answers, let me know. If you want to be on the show, get in line because eventually Lauren's going to get on here and whatever. Who knows? He, maybe he's not. Maybe he won't get on here. I mean, I'm going to have to slap him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, that's happening soon enough, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, we're on Lauren time, which means about 10 years from now, we'll, we'll get that first guest. <laughs> um, yeah, any suggestions, let me know about the show. Uh, yeah, I'll be back Wednesday, or yeah, I'll hopefully have the episode out Wednesday, maybe Thursday, with the Springsteen song of the week and other ramblings. I don't know. Crew season's over. So I guess I get to talk about, and I don't have much Liverpool, so I won't have much sports talk, I don't believe. Um... Yeah, who knows? I'll just I'll figure out some other cool shit to talk about. We never know. We'll never know. We'll figure it out all together. We're all in this together, just like High School Musical or something like that. Have I made that joke before? I feel like I have, but what the fuck ever. You can recycle your own jokes, you know, man. Ugh. What am I talking about? Whatever. Have a good rest of your night. I'll see you on Wednesday. Or, uh, yeah, whatever. Peace out.